there is nothing worse than untapped potential. If you know that you're made for more, this is the place. I know that every successful person I've ever met has one thing in common. They do not let themselves fall victim to their circumstances. They figure out a way to rise above it. So join me on this journey where I help you to be better, do better, and have better in life and in business. If you're feeling stuck and you're needing some practical tools, some hope to get you to that better life, this is definitely a place for you. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to the Unsung Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Weeby, and today I get a chance to interview my friend, Nicole. You guys, she is amazing. And you know, if you can't already tell, like we've already been giggling because this woman is the probably biggest reason in my life that I smile and I laugh and I have fun and I just needed to bring her into your world because she's she's one of the best parts of mine. So Nicole, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Lachelle. What a great introduction. <laughs> we we were just kind of giggling, you guys, because Nicole Nicole's last name is kind of hard, hard to pronounce, honestly. And so it's Huguenin. Yeah. But I, like, we joked because you said, yeah, I wanted, should have named myself or changed my name to Hooligan because, like, and anyway, so we were just giggling about that. So I I just had to, like, let you guys all in on the inside joke that we were just, you know, laughing about because, Nicole, you used to be a teacher and you have this knack of bringing playfulness into the world. And so I would love for you to tell everybody a little bit about you. Like, tell us about what you're passionate about today, what lights you up, how you serve in people. Well, I, like you said, I was a teacher for 20 years and I had the pleasure of serving kids in the classroom. And I always thought that kids learn better when they're enjoying themselves and having fun. I think everyone does. So what lights me up today is to bring that joy and that spark to, I train teachers now and to bring that to them so they can bring it to their kids in their classroom. Another thing is creating art and playing with art it lights me up and um, also creating a space where I live that has little soul pockets where whatever item it is that uplifts and inspires me and brings joy. And so those are a few things that light me up. <laughs> yeah. So is your remote control like a, an example of that? Yes. <laughs> okay. So you're traveling, so you can't show us, but I want you to describe what your remote control looks like, because it's so funny, you guys, whenever we get together on Zoom, like I see her with this thing. And this is just an example <laughs> of how she brings fun and playfulness into her life. So I had some light switches that have a little remote that you can push to turn them on. And I went down on my beach in front of my house and found a stick and tied it onto the remote. So I have like a, a wand. So my little nieces thought I was magic when I turn on and off my lights. And I actually have two wands. So they each got a wand one day and I was on a Zoom call and the lights are going on and off behind me. They were having a light battle and the person finally said, what's going on? I go, oh, they're having a magic wand battle. <laughs> It just it to me it adds a little bit of laughter or joy, and I have fun. Like I access my inner child or my child yeah. heart whenever I yeah. use it. It brings me joy. So it's just a silly little thing and easy to do. You know, so. I I love that, and I think that one of the things that really is cool about you is that you take everyday things and everyday moments and everyday like you know ideas that we take for granted and you create playfulness out of them. So I don't, this is like, um, 
maybe premature, but I'm just going to like speak it into existence. But I want you to tell us about your little mud kitchens that you are going to today. So yes, I have a book in the works, Mud Kitchen Magic. I don't know if that's the title, but mud kitchens are just an outdoor kitchen for children. And I've seen lots of adults get sucked into playing with them. And it's, it can be made out of an old pallet, a bench. It doesn't, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money or it can be really beautiful and high end. But what they are is just an invitation for kids to play and use their imagination. And for example, I created one with a friend of mine for my niece, Bella. She was five at the time out of old pallets and we sunk a dog bowl in it, like the sink. And we put little log rounds as the burners. And then we told her that the compost pile was the grocery store. So she go get like squash it out of the compost pile and throw it in the pot and throw some dirt in there. And I like to get expired spices, like cinnamon, things that won't burn their eyes or anything, but they love using the real spices and you can get like, a, um, what are those things that you, I can't think of it, that you crush spices yeah. with the mortar and pestle. You can yes. use old yes. flowers from an old flower arrangement and the kids can mash that up and put it in their soup or their mud pies. And what it supports is just not only their creativity and imagination, but if they're with another kiddo, they have to learn to collaborate, negotiate, communicate. It's fine motor skills. It's it's just all sorts of magic. So, And I think yeah. that like I wanted to highlight a couple of things in this. Number one is just how much fun you are. But number two, like how you can use what you're good at to create something. So you are creating a business out of just having fun and taking your love for playfulness and learning and you're helping other people and you're giving yourself another way to make money. And I think that yeah. it's so important because I think sometimes we think that we have to follow these pre-designed rules that if you can't pick an, an occupation off of a checklist that was you know given to you when you're 18 and, yeah. and decide what you want to do with it, that we feel like we're kind of, we're trapped into this like societal, like, this is what we have to do. I have to be a doctor. I have to be a nurse. I have to be a plumber. And I think that it's really fun to, to recognize. And that's one of the things that I do in my business is I help people figure out what do they love? What are they good at? What are their experiences that they bring to the table all of these years with all these different jobs? And how do I put all that together to be creating the life of my dreams? And I love the fact that you're doing that. And I just want to thank you for that example. <laughs> I also got to tell you that, and I chose to not tell you off off air because I wanted um, to record this but yesterday um so as we're recording this you guys yesterday I was able to volunteer for my daughter's fourth grade class and her teacher had actually walked their class down to an elderly person's house in the community and the whole class helped her rake her yard so we raked leaves oh. right and like girl, I am not a teacher. Like my husband's a teacher and I go in to have class, you know, lunch with him. And I'm like, all right, I'm out after 30 minutes. Right. So, <laughs> so I'm like, I, just, I like my patients are asleep or they're like in anesthesia or like, you know, I'm, I'm helping people through their business problems. So this is, so all of that simulation was a lot, but anyway, so we were out raking these leaves and like some of the kids were being playful and some of them were, you know, like throwing stuff up or my daughter is so stinking cute because I was teaching her how to press the leaves down in the baggies so we could fit more leaves in them, you know, squish the mm -hmm. air out. And so I'm, you know, pushing it down and she's like jumping on it, you know, and, and helping uh -huh. it go down, like having more fun with it. And I kept thinking about you. I'm like, oh, oh. I am not fun. <laughs> I'm like, 
done. I'm like, we're here for a reason. Like, let's get this job done. <laughs> get the job done. And it's so funny because I'm like, I kept looking around at all these kids and how much fun they were having. And, you know, the teacher was looking at them and she was taking pictures of them and, and allowing them to get work done, but also have fun at the same time. And it really, again, made me think of you because I think there are so many things that we do in our lives just to get the job done. I'm here for a reason, but you can still accomplish what you want to accomplish and have fun at the same time. And that really brings me back to one of my core values of helping people have the and life, right? Mm -hmm. We can do something, we can have a, a life of fulfillment, but we can also be a present mom. Like that's part of my and life. And so I yes. can do, you know, the things that I have to get done and have fun while doing it. And I just, and I just, <laughs> you know, had to share that with you. It just made me think of when my kids were little, we all had different chores. And when my son and I ended up doing the dishes, we didn't have a dishwasher, so we did them by hand. And yeah. often in the middle of the dishes, I'd take the sprayer and just squirt him. And he'd be like, and then we'd have a water fight. And it was usually when the floor needed to be cleaned anyway. So, <laughs> you know, then I just mop it up or we'd mop it up. But it was like he he's 26 now. And he just said, mom, that was so fun when you'd have that water fight with me. And I was like, it was just a moment, probably lasted three minutes, but yeah. you know, we had fun. And I love that you, oh. you are fun, Lachelle. Don't <laughs> even try to sell yourself. <laughs> you may not instigate it, but you sure play when you're ready when you're invited <laughs> to. <laughs> Well, I just, I want to thank you. And I also want this conversation, you guys, to be, you know, a little wake up call for you. Like, you know, our coach, Debbie, um, is one of the coaches that you and I both use. And she yeah. asks us often, like, when is the last time you did something that was fun? And it's always easy for Nicole, right? But like, it really got me thinking, like, when is the last time that I did something really fun? And I think that if it's hard for you to come up with that, that was really an eye opener for me that although I liked what I was doing in my career, it didn't afford for me the things that I wanted to do that brought me joy, that that brought me some fun, that brought me more time with the people that I cared about and that I had fun with. And so I want you guys to just allow this conversation to be a little, you know, clue into what you might be missing if you feel like you're not living out your divine purpose right now because you can have this if you choose to go after it. And Nicole, I want you to just kind of give us um, a snapshot of of who you are and and how you kind of got through some of the things that you've gotten through. Because honest, to be honest with you, like knowing you for for how long I have, I know that it always hasn't been fun every single part of this this journey. Mm -hmm. So no. tell us a little no, bit no. about your story. Oh, I don't know how far you want me to go back, but do you want me to just to go back the past well, yeah. a couple years or? Oh, go back. Go back as long as you want. I want so, to tell the whole story because. Go back, go back. Go back. Well, I, when I was 18, I met the man I ended up marrying mm -hmm. and we had, I had a, a child with him and then another child and it was a pretty toxic relationship. And I, like I was 18 when I picked him out, so I didn't know who I was and I ended up having a stroke when I had my second child and pretty severe brain damage. And um, it was rough. I had a toddler and a newborn and I had brain damage and I couldn't walk or talk or feed myself or, you know, and I felt like as I was healing from that, I was really postpartum depressed, post medical trauma depressed. And 
I had a counselor that said, Nicole, you need to be active in your own rescue. You need to get up, go. I, I went to church with my grandma midweek. That is not something I would have ever done. I went to soccer games of my cousins. I just, I couldn't be alone. And I had to, you know, after I learned to walk and talk and <laughs> all that again. And then I decided that I decided to choose myself over that toxic marriage and show my kids that loving myself, you know, I, I didn't ever want to get divorced, but that's what I needed to do to be healthy. And so I started this responsible living workshops where I learned about my inner committee. It's called the transactional analysis in psychology terms, but it's basically for me to learn how to respond versus react to things in my life. So for example, my inner adolescent reacts and wants to be right. She's also the one who gets me to exercise and dance and be creative. But for I have an inner critic that is like, oh my gosh, that floor is so dusty, Nicole. And why didn't you do the dishes? That voice that is not very helpful, but really is pervasive in my life. And then I have a healthy adult in my inner child. So I learned how to kind of, it's it's kind of analyzing when those different personas are talking. And when I first heard this, I thought, are they talking about multiple personality things? But it's not. It's just it's just to learn how to be responsive and choose love over fear or faith over fear, but they call it love over fear. And that really has helped me these past, uh, gosh, I think I started going when I was 30 and I'm not 30 anymore. It's been a minute <laughs> since then. <laughs> And more recently during COVID, I was, I was drinking alcohol and then it really escalated during COVID. I'm an extrovert and I work with teachers. I got to travel a lot in my second career. I got, I got to travel. I have schools in California, Ohio, Colorado, and Kauai. So, but with COVID, all of that stopped and I was isolated. So I was drinking more and more and more. And I just didn't realize how bad it had gotten and I didn't blow up my life. Like I showed up to work. I didn't day drink. I didn't drink and drive. I didn't ever miss responsibilities. And I learned in AA that I was a responsible drunk. So, <laughs> so that, um, I decided to contact a friend in my town that I knew had been to AA and I, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to be an alcoholic. I just didn't. I thought I can handle this, but I couldn't. It got to the point where I just had no quit in me. Go big or go home, right? So I decided to break up with vodka. He was a toxic boyfriend. And, <laughs> and I have been sober almost a year and a half. On the 22nd, it'll be a year and a half. And it's been like such a gift. And those tools I've learned from responsible living have helped me. My mantra has been to be gentle with myself through this process. And I, I've just been so grateful. I, we went, I'm in Whitefish, Montana for a friend's daughter's wedding. And we went to this bar last night and danced till after midnight. And I just drank ice water all night. And I had just as much fun as uh, probably more than when I was drinking. So, and I did, my sponsor challenged me. She goes, Nicole, you have got to stop thinking that you are solely responsible for your life. And I'm like, what? I mean, I'm single, I'm responsible. She goes, you need to access your higher power. And I was like, oh, and I, I was raised Catholic and I kind of left that God behind and haven't had a real relationship. But I know I asked you, Lachelle, and you have some really great insight. I've been asking everyone, like, who do you pray to? Who's your energy source? Who's your person you reach out to? And it's, I feel like it's awkward conversations with God. And 
And I've also, I think I'm naming my god Gaga because it stands for goddesses, angels, gods, and ancestors. Gaga. <laughs> we'll see. I'm trying that on. Yeah. But that's been really helpful to me to just pray and and just know I don't have to do it all alone. And I'm still figuring out how much I trust that. But there's been little miracles happening that have been so amazing and so I'm grateful for that. So that's, that's that so is amazing that you're on a spiritual journey. You're trying to come back home, I think, to what you know is true. And it's this journey of trying to come back home. And what tell us about some of those miracles. Like I just love hearing about this kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. I since I started praying, like I'd be like, okay, God, it was really awkward. I keep seeing eleven eleven on my clock. It could oh. be eleven eleven AM, PM, whatever. Yeah. And I had this nineteen eighty-six Ford Econoline van that I wanted to sell. And this guy came and looked at it and he was so chauvinistic and just a jerk. And he offered me thousands of dollars under my asking price. And he was just patronizing. And I thought, he goes, well, if you don't sell it, call me. And I'm like, I won't be calling you even if I don't sell it. And then I, this woman called me and I walked up to her. I went to show it to her and she goes, of course you're a woman. And she goes, I want to test drive the hula van. There's a hula dancer in it. And I love that she called it the hula van. And we agreed on a price and we shook hands and then she starts to walk away. And then she comes up to my window with her phone. She goes, look, it's 11, 11. And I hadn't told her about that. And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, that's like a spiritual thing that things are happening in the right way. There's, there's some meaning behind it. But I was like, that is so strange that I think that's a God thing that yeah. this woman came into my life. She wanted the van. I wanted the money to pay off some debt. And it was like a win-win. Yeah. And yeah, that's a tiny example. I've had so many more of these things like yeah. where I'll be thinking about someone and run into them or, you know, it's just been amazing. And, you know, okay. So first of all, I'm just going to acknowledge that like you, when you mentioned, you know, I think it was God, angels, ancestors, and what was the other one? Um, goddesses god is god angels and it's just like it's just like recognizing that you have this spiritual army yeah and i think that oftentimes we forget right that that there is a spiritual battle that's going on and god does ask us to to recognize that there's a spiritual army and so you're recognizing that he has all of these things in the spiritual realm that are there to protect you to guide you to help you on your way and and i just love that so like you're recognizing things that Mm -hmm are going to help you and that we oftentimes forget, right? We think that we have to do this all on our own, but there are all kinds of things that are fighting against us that we can't see. So why shouldn't we be asking for help in that realm, right? I love that. I've had this guardian angel thing on my visor from years ago. My mom's friend gave it to me yeah. and I often will touch it like, okay, Angels, because I drove through a snowstorm. Help me get here safely. Help everybody arrive safely. And yeah, accessing that. And it is a little awkward because I, I think I got pretty hyper independent and thought I had to do everything myself. And yeah. that's not yeah. true. I have a wonderful earth community and spiritual community. Yeah. And, and you know, one of, one of the things that I want to acknowledge right now, you guys, um, when I listen to stories, right, I can pick out themes and things. And that's partly, you know, what I do for people too, which is really fun is just pick out things and things. And what I think is really cool is that you are able to show us from a space of like, you're in my opinion, like you're one of the most beautiful, joyful, like fun, successful people I know. Okay. And 
the fact that you've been through like your stroke and that recovery, I mean, you couldn't walk, you couldn't talk, you couldn't feed yourself. Like you were in that space and you had to go through a divorce and you've had to go through, you know, your alcohol addiction, all of those things. Right. So I see you as like this triumphant, like warrior (laughs) woman, like look at you, like what you're capable of. And I think that sometimes we think that once we get through hard things that we're like immune to having to go through more hard things or like, I've already been through that. So I'm tough. And so these little things shouldn't bother me anymore. And I think that sometimes do we, I mean, right. Like we feel like, uh, why is this, why is it so hard for me? Like, look what I've been through. All of us struggle and Mm -hmm. we don't want to admit it sometimes. And I think that one of the most impactful, impactful podcast that I ever listened to was a podcast interview um, that Ed Milet had done with this guy named Nick who was born without any arms or legs. Mm -hmm. And I remember listening to this guy speak and I'm like, holy Hannah, like this guy is freaking incredible. Like the fact that he, he wrestled in high school. Yep. He's a public speaker. What was that? Canadian. Um, I don't know. Maybe his last name starts with an S and you know how I am with pronunciations. (laughs) (laughs) We had a guest speaker for our schools who had no arms and legs and he was so inspiring and so funny. Yeah. Get him on a skateboard. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. Like, I I look at this guy and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this guy is so inspiring and look at everything he's overcome. And then he was telling the story about how, you know, his buddies wanted to take him out to downtown Miami for his birthday and to the clubs. And and in his mind, he's like, I don't want to go. Like, who's going to talk to me? I'm a freak. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like you still struggle with this crap, even though you're so amazing. It's okay that I'm struggling with things because you know, it doesn't make me any less amazing. And I just, I wanted to like say that to you, like, thank you for being open and vulnerable enough to say like, look at everything I've gone through and I'm amazing. And I'm still having things that I'm having to work through. Right. Oh gosh. Almost daily. I'm like, I struggle with not gratitude, but like sometimes I have struggles with family or with money or whatever. And Mm -hmm. It's like, I have a great life. I have a wonderful career. I have a great side hustle that I love to do. I have wonderful friends and family, but sometimes it's okay to feel scared or sad or vulnerable. And Brene Brown, I love her. She's yeah. like, there's such strength and vulnerability. And so my, my purpose is to be as authentic as I can be with whomever I meet. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about like, your tools that you've used over the years to have the attitude and the the life that you have now, given everything that you've done, you know, you've gone through, you've alluded to a little bit, but I would love for us to be able to say like, okay, this is something you've already given us hope. So that's amazing. <laughs> what are some practical tools that you can suggest for that we can start thinking oh, about or maybe executing today? One of the tricks, and I learned it at a workshop a long time ago, and it's a little aversive, but to listen to my inner critic voice when I'm kind of bashing myself or putting myself down. Okay. Is put a pretty thick rubber band around my wrist. Mm, Yep. If I have one of those thoughts to snap my wrist, because it really does hurt me to have those self-deprecating thoughts or put downs or, and I, I did that one time and I actually gave myself a welt before I figured out, Oh, I can change my thinking. Like, this is hurt. It's harming me, not only emotionally, but if I stuff my emotions or keep bashing myself, it can come out through taking it out on my kids or my 
loved ones or to, or can come out as dis-ease, disease. So I, another thing is staying current with my emotions. Like if I am angry about something, I do what's called an anger project. And I call a friend who has done this work and I say, okay, I need to do an anger project on X, Y, and Z. And, and the more specific I am, the healthier it is. And I have done things like beaten up a mannequin and yelled and screamed and, um, ex an ex relationship. I was really upset with him. And, and I just went and I had someone there to hold space for me because anger work doesn't hurt me or anyone else. It's to get it out in a healthy way. So it doesn't come out sideways. So, and also that works for sad work, writing a sad letter. My really good friend and mentor, Jeannie, when I was struggling after my kids had launched the first couple years, Mm -hmm. they're 26 and 23 now, the first couple years they were gone, it was really nice because I got to eat what I wanted. You know, the grocery bill was lower. It was like, oh, they're out in the world. But then I just really missed them. She goes, you need to write a goodbye letter to being their mommy. And I just lost it. I was oh, like, oh, oh, said. <laughs> and then she said to do a ritual. And this, I had some flowers. So I, I read the letter to her and then I threw the petals down the stream to kind of let go of that phase. Cause you know, I don't need to be their mommy anymore. I'm their mom. And, but yeah. that was, it was healthy to process. That's another way to, yeah. to process. And another thing is I reach out. I, when I know I'm like just recently I was in a real funk. So I called my counselor. I hadn't been for a few years, but yeah. I have a relationship with her. I call it a tune up. I went in for a tune up and it was super helpful. I went and got a massage with a Reiki person who helped mm. me with some emotional stuff about yeah. my son. And it, I just, I don't like to stay stuck. I, I have stayed stuck. And especially when I was drinking, it was easy to numb out, which yeah. I like it worked until it stopped working. So, right. No. So, those are a few things. I don't, I also have inspirational cards. Like, these are my funniest ones lately. It's my little bag of sweary affirmations. I love those, by the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're so, just, they make me laugh. <laughs> they do. Okay. So, give us an example of one. Like, it's okay. I'll just mark this one explicit. Or if I you can have kids say bad one. words. Yeah, you can. But just maybe. Okay. Yes. Okay. If you, if you are watching this, you can see it, but if you're not, it says F yes, I can. So I'll say that. They just make us giggle, right? Like it's okay. Oh, put on your favorite song and dance your ASS off. <laughs> I love that. And you know, this is the thing, like, you know, for people who really know me and I'm starting to get a little bit easier for me to let all of my parts out, because I think a lot of people see me, Nicole, and they see me as, you know, this, this person with a really strong faith or really inspirational or really helpful, but I'm also really sarcastic and I love Jesus and I swear, and yeah. I just like can be really quirky and goofy and not everybody gets to see that part of me. And I'm really trying yeah. harder to allow for all parts of me to come out because one of the things that I've recognized, and I think that you're helping me on this journey, is you know, nobody is benefiting if they get to see only part of me. And mm-hmm. that all of me is put together exactly the way that I'm supposed to. And I guess I felt like if if people knew this part of me or that part of me, then they would reject me altogether. And I'm really just trying to take myself less seriously and have fun because yeah. honestly, like, like, okay, so you like, you probably watched Friends over the years, yes? 
Yes, yes. Okay. I was Monica whenever I had people <laughs> over. And I would be like, Lachelle, <laughs> no one likes to hang out with Monica. So less Monica, more Rachel, Lachelle. Less Monica, oh, more Rachel. Ready. So I would have like my friends, like really good friends. I'd be like, hey, if you see Monica coming out, you call me out on that shit. Like I cannot... <laughs> Because nobody, yeah. nobody wants to be around this oh, up, no. right? like whatever. Like I'd rather it be an imperfect party and have fun, yeah. right? I made a rule. Once the party started, I invited myself to my own party. I ceased being the host and I deployed people. I empowered them to help themselves to whatever. Yes. yes. And I was like, okay, everyone, if you see something, a candle needing to be lit or whatever, yeah. help yourself, you know? Yeah. But yeah. that I am kind of a... I get obsessive about how things look and what, you know, but that Monica is the name of your critic from now on that, that inner voice is Monica. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you're right. Nobody wants to hang out with the Monica. No, no. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear it. I was telling you this young girl years ago that she decided to duct tape, not in real life, but in her imagination, duct tape her inner critic to a chair at home and leave her at behind when she went to her track meet. And it freed her from those, like she just imagined that critic staying at home. And I thought, how empowering. And she won that race that day. She was doing hurdles and she was a tiny thing. So that, that's so cool. So yeah, I mean, and that's just that you brought this up that we can control our thoughts. And I know that sometimes it feels like they are controlling us, but you guys, like the science around it, the brain science around it is that thoughts become feelings and then Mm -hmm. feelings become actions and actions become results. Oftentimes we think that our feelings are what's creating our, our thoughts, but it's actually happening so fast that you don't realize it. And so if you're feeling icky, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling angry, stopping in a moment and asking yourself, okay, this is what I'm feeling. We name it with curiosity, not with judgment, right? Right. right. This is what I'm feeling. What thoughts am I having? And we start to actually become more aware of it. And we're like, holy crap. Like, no wonder I'm feeling like this because we're catching ourselves having these thoughts that we don't even realize we're having in simultaneously. But if we can switch our thoughts, it actually allows us to switch our emotions and we're not hostage. We don't have to feel stuck anymore right and what you're describing is um the victim game and Mm -hmm. in the victim game it's the deadliest game on the planet there's no winner it's lose lose and the victim there's a triangle and there's the victim the persecutor and the rescuer and I can't if I declare myself the victim I'm no longer the victim because I'm taking responsibility and there there is a difference there are people that are true victims like victims of attack or you know home invasion or there there are true victims yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'm talking about is when I play the victim game like oh my gosh I didn't get paid by this person and and then I go tell my best friend and then we gossip about it and bitch about that person yeah. and then you know, and then she is, she'll say like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. She's the rescuer. And, you know, it, we get, I call it an energy toilet. We kind of get in the energy toilet and flush yes. our energy away. Cause it, uh-huh. that victim game does not uplift or inspire anyone. And it doesn't change the results of the, the 
experience. So to be responsible in a situation like that is I could write a letter to the person or call them or take them to court or whatever. I can, or I can say, oh my gosh, I didn't ever put that in writing or, you know, I taking responsibility for my part in that kind of stuff is so much more empowering. And it's not always easy. Sometimes I do need to go through the the bitch and moan stage and then take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's empowering to learn about that. Absolutely. And I think that just because, you know, we were a victim of a circumstance, the longer we let that victimization hang out in our heads and in our spirit, we're Mm -hmm. choosing to stay there. And so just because we might not be responsible for what happened to us, we're responsible for letting it continue to ruin our lives. We're responsible for what we do from that moment on. We're responsible for not allowing ourselves to remain victims day in and day out. So when something happens, we don't have to relive that over and over and over again. We can choose to find tools, people, ways to to step up and out of that that victim game. And I... I think like when I was in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. I was, I call it being in the bubble. I couldn't see what was happening. Like I was being very, I was put down all the time. I was told I was fat. I was maybe 135 pounds at the time. I was um, not like my, he, he wouldn't hold my hand in public. He was cheating. It was very toxic and I couldn't see it until I finally left. And I could, I kind of popped out of that bubble and I was like, oh my gosh, but then I kept, I kept using the, the attacks he used against me. I kept doing them to myself because I was conditioned right. to do that. So yeah. until I got some tools on board to let go of that, work through the anger, work through the sad. And then the, the biggest piece to free me is forgiveness. Like I forgive him and sometimes I need to re-forgive him because he does things that hurt my kids or, you know, it's, it's, it's just tough. So forgiveness, I think is the key along with responsibility and ownership to get out of that victim game. Yeah. How do you forgive someone? Like, tell me what your best advice is because it's really hard. It's really hard. And forgiveness does not mean that it gives permission for that person to harm you or that it was okay, or that you'll forget or that I'll forget or forgiveness is for me a letting go of that chain that binds me to that person mm-hmm. and knowing they were doing the best they could at that time with the tools that they had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my head, my judgment goes like crazy and says yeah. a lot of bad yeah. words, but yeah. yeah, that's why it's a process and, and praying a lot about it. <laughs> like, but yeah. mostly just saying, you know what, I forgive you and I'm letting go. And it's sometimes harder. Like, my dad yeah. was pretty abusive to me when I was a kid and he's 80 years old now and I'm really still working on forgiving him and it's tough but yeah. if, if I don't forgive him I stay bound to him yep. and not abuse so you know, it's one of the things that I've been doing lately to help my forgiveness journey is there are three people that keep popping up into my heart and mm-hmm. I pray for them every day yeah and I pray that they're having a great day. I pray that they're having a day of, of joy and peace. And then I pray that God forgives me for, you know, apprehensively praying that, <laughs> you know, because I mean, I'm authentically, right? I'm like, I really hope you're happy, but 
but really <laughs> just allowing me to to yeah. try to bless them. And it's yeah. it's what that's doing is it's slowly taking the claws of my unforgiveness and it's slowly yeah. one finger at a time breaking me free from that. And if yeah. I can do that for 30 days, like mm. it's it's freeing me from that. And like you said, I'm not giving them permission to do it again. I have healthy boundaries. I get to choose again if I'm triggered by things, but I'm finding yeah. triggered less and it yeah. doesn't last as long. And so I think that just remembering too, that it's a, it's a process, it's a journey. And sometimes yeah. it's not a one and done kind of thing, but it's powerful. Well, and I am not there with a couple of people I mentioned, but I can forgive the abuse that happened in my past, but I'm not ready to pray for them today. <laughs> I got it. It's a journey, sis. It's a journey, right? It's a journey. There is, Nicole, like, I've literally, like, well, I want to spend the rest of the day with you. So maybe we can just, like, continue this conversation without being recording. But I just, I really want to make sure that, that you guys all have felt this joy and felt just, I mean, how amazing is this woman? For real. Like, everything that you've been through and you just have the biggest, brightest spirit is there anything that we haven't had a chance to talk about, Nicole, that you really want to mention before we kind of wrap up our conversation for everyone else? Um, just to have little moments of play in your life. Like it's really important with either with you, if you have kids or not, our inner children like wonder and joy and play. And it could just be an impromptu kitchen dance moment or a, a, I don't know, a card game with your kids or a snowball fight or a water fight or something. It doesn't have to be that elaborate, but just include those moments of play. It's so important. Yeah. And I, I am I am going to be a play coach pretty soon. I'm getting that up and running too. So can help families and people learn how to incorporate play. Because I don't know that it's being modeled or taught very well these days. Like it's no, very, it's yeah. 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 Everything is about accomplishing things. And I think our kids even have a hard time playing. I love the fact that we live in a neighborhood where my kids have like a 1980s childhood. Like, Oh, that's I, perfect. I shouldn't say this on air because somebody might want to try to abduct them, but like for real, like it's such a cute little neighborhood out here in the middle of nowhere that our kids do all of the neighborhood kids go and play in the woods and they, they ride their bikes in the streets and it's yeah. such a fun, like it's, it's, it's reminiscent of when, when I was a kid oh, and, horrific. and it's good for them to go out and use their imagination and have fun. And, um, I wish that for, for everyone's kids. So, Okay. No, one of the, th yeah, there you go. She's got some <laughs> snowballs. So this is an idea. So she has um, these funds, like, they're like, what? Describe that. Pom-poms, like craft, giant white craft pom-poms that look like snowballs. And they're soft and they won't break anything. But it's awesome for an indoor snowball fight. They were here at the Airbnb where we're staying. And my friends and I, who are in our 50s, we're laughing so hard having a snowball fight. We had to stop because we had stomach cramps and tears and it was so much fun. And if you don't have these, you can buy a bag of marshmallows because they're soft and really fun. And it's an indoor snowball fight. So yes, really yes. Be careful if you have puppies because they might get sick with all of those, but it's oh, such yeah. fun. It's such a fun way to do it. Okay. Now you guys, Nicole also has a 
amazing, amazing imagination and an Etsy shop. And so she has created some really cool things. In fact, I've helped her create some reels that we teach, like, or we show people like how she's drawing her things that are showing up in these beautiful products. But like you have a, um, you have a, an example of something right there. So it's one of the tote bags. And so like she, those of you guys are just listening on the podcast, I would encourage you to either follow um, Nicole on Instagram or maybe just hop in over to YouTube so you can see. But so she drew individually, like each one of those little things on that, on this really cool, like app and hand drawn. And it's like the things that she does are so cool. So we'll make sure that you guys have access to all of Nicole's things, her Etsy shop, um, you know. And it's called one, Hello, We Are Cute with the letter R. Hello, We Are Cute. <laughs> so It's so cute. And you guys, um, I'll make sure to update these show notes so that when Nicole gets all of her other things launched, because, you know, like, I I know you're on it like, like that. Um, we'll make sure that you guys have access to all of this stuff so that stay tuned in the show notes for that and follow her journey. You guys, if you need a little bit more fun in your life, find people like this and um, don't forget to have that fun. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, and you guys all know if you've been tuning in, um, you know, for, for a long time here on the Unstuck podcast, what I do at the end of every show is I ask the guests to think of a question that they can ask you that's going to help you move from where you are to where you want to be. So Nicole, I want you to be thinking about a question that you're going to ask okay. the audience. But in the meantime, I want to make sure to remind you guys to hit subscribe and leave a review. Let Nicole know your favorite part of this interview and what you learned from her. Or, or just how she inspired you. We absolutely love to interact with you guys. So if you haven't, um, you know, done this yet, take a screenshot or just share out this this podcast episode in your in your posts and your stories. Tag us. Let us interact with you because it's so much fun. And you guys just know that if you are ready to get unstuck, if you are finding that your life is not as much fun as you thought it should be by now. You have resources with Nicole and I to get you unstuck. So don't hesitate. Let's get into action. Okay, Nicole, why don't you go ahead and give us a question that we can think about? Well, I just want to thank you, Lachelle, for having me. And you've helped me so much get unstuck. I so appreciate your spirit and joy and passion for what you do. So thank you so much. And uh, my question is, what was your favorite childhood toy activity or game? Okay. And how can you share that with people in your life now? Ooh, all right. That's really, really good. I'm like, huh, what's mine? Oh, I love it. I love it. You guys, thank if you so you much. If you remember, go to an antique shop. They, they I know. I know. Fun. I spent, okay, so I'm just going to say this before I hit the end record, but you guys, so this is embarrassing, but I had to make <laughs> myself stop playing Barbies when I was 13. I knew that it was inappropriate. <laughs> Never. It's not that. inappropriate. <laughs> Okay, I dare you and challenge you to go buy yourself a Barbie and some accessories and play with her. That's your inner child. That's, that'd be so fun. All right. Yeah. Okay. My husband's going to look at me like I'm nuts, but yes, that would be mine. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, Nicole. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you so much for listening to the Untuck Podcast. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. And don't forget to check out the show notes if you want to get into my private club, The Better Club, to be able to learn better ways to be better, do better, and have better. So until next time, keep showing up. Let's get unstuck together. Have a great day.